to the podcast, Happy and Single. I'm your host, Joseph Anderson. And today I have, <clears throat> I have a special treat. So today I get to interview my, this is my main, main mentor that coaches the who's who of the world and has made such a dynamic difference in my life, Michael Neal. And I am, I am just beyond you know, grateful to have this privilege and opportunity to get to to get to interview him, but I want to share with you guys one of the things. So, you know, being single for so long in the world and and wanting to just like, I could not find happiness being a single person. And then I was led to Michael Neal and he helped me understand that I didn't have to be married to be happy as I thought for so many years. And that alone just entirely, entirely changed my life that I really could be happy as a single person. And I was just basically listening to too much noise in my head. So I'm going to, I'm going to let him introduce himself and we'll, and we'll kind of go from there. Well, I, I mean, the, the only thing I'll, I'll say just cause it, it, it might be relevant is, you know, I know that you, anyone can be happy and single. I happen to be happy and married and have been for 32 years. So it, it's, it's not, Happy because you're single, boy, phew, you dodged a bullet. It's just happiness has nothing to do with your life circumstances. They're, they're two separate things, right? Happiness is innate. We're, we're born happy. Like, you, you, you know, you, you might go, oh, I've seen a baby. He was crying. Well, yeah, because he was hungry, tired, had a, a wet bottom. That's, that's why babies cry. The rest of the time, they're pretty blissed out. We're just like really big babies in that sense. Yeah, we still struggle when we're hungry and lonely and tired, and hopefully you don't need changing. But, but, <laughs> but, but that's its own thing. And then there's life circumstances, and, and we find, you know, we each have our own path, and we walk our own path, and our paths sometimes surprise us in the way that they go. They don't fit sort of a societal, this is the path. Life doesn't seem to work that way. And, and so, you know, I'm, I'm delighted and I have been, and that's one of, you know, you know, this, Joseph, you know, I'm, I'm delighted with the path, you know, watching you walk your path and we'll see where it, it takes you. We'll see where mine takes me. You know, it, it's not, it's, it, it's not a one shot deal. Every day is a new day. And, and, and life's just easier when you start with happy. You know, I, I said years ago in my first book, um, happiness leads to success a heck of a lot more often than success leads to happiness. And that's true in relationship, but that's true in business. That's true in, in every area of life. T tell them the name of the book in case they want to check it out. Oh, that book was called You Can Have What You Want. Um, I don't normally talk about that one, but no, it was, it was, it was, actually, it was a, it, you know, there are things that I would rewrite if I was going to write that book again now, but there are also a lot of things that are great in that book. And it, it certainly did very well for itself out there in the world. Well, I mean, you talk about this, you know, this guided path. And if there's anything that I've gotten from you, <clears throat> that's really one of the biggest ones is you know, for so long, I felt that my path had to be a certain way. And funny enough, people start, especially when they're single, they start forcing themselves into these paths. You know, almost like a little kid trying to force that little block thing into that. Yeah. It has all the shapes. I don't know what they're called. I don't have kids. I don't know what those things are called. They're, they're called block things with shapes. Block things with shapes, right? Ah. <laughs> but like the more that I stop trying to force things, the more life just has begun to unfold. I mean, even recently in this just magical way, because you and I talked about a year ago and I was talking about some of the things that I felt inspired to do and I did them for a little while, but I stopped because I was like, no, no, no. I got to work on real business things. I got to work on real work things. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, just recently in the past, probably three or so weeks, I've gone back to just exclusively saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to do whatever it is that Heavenly Father wants me to do. And he's guiding me to do through the spirit. And it's worked out really, really, really well. <laughs> go, go, go figure. Really? 
<laughs> so the intelligence of the entire universe, the divine intelligence at the heart of life works better than your really good ideas that you picked up somewhere along the way. I am shocked. And they're not even really good ideas. I mean, this idea that like, you know, a year ago when I started doing those drawings, I was like, no, I can't, I can't spend all my time doing this. I've got to work on biz businessy stuff. And then I just kind of got, it was like just recently, well, it hasn't exactly worked working on just businessy stuff. And I've gone exclusively to say, Hey, what's the one single thing that heavenly father wants me to get done this week hmm. and getting that done. <laughs> you wouldn't even believe like we could spend the whole time. We could spend the whole hour talking about all the cool stuff that started the flow. And I was sitting on a couch at this rock concert at this super like private event that my friend had just invited me to. That was also my former client of this band that came from another state to perform and he actually invited me up on stage at, at like I didn't even know anybody at this party other than my few friends that were there and he invited me to perform on stage like and after I I got I sat down and I even asked for the birthday girl's permission I'm like is this cool with you because you don't know me I don't know you and she's like yeah it's fine but when I sat down I was just sitting there and thinking oh my goodness is this is this really my life like, could this really be my life? Like, and I'm like, well, maybe I should keep going in this direction. <laughs> you know, I, I actually did have, you know, I'm, I'm being a little unfair because I, I, my made up version of what, um, <clears throat> you know, if I surrendered, as they say, to sort of divine intelligence, if I gave myself over to this, this, you know, being led, um, I thought, oh, I'm going to have to do worthy stuff. I'm going to have to go sort out the conflict in the Middle East. I'm going to have to go, you know, sort out the conflict in, 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 you know, between the Catholics and the Protestants. And, the, you, you know, like I just had this really grandiose idea of what the divine plan must look like for me. And it did not sound as fun as, as, as voicing Clifford the Big Red Dog in a cartoon, which is what I really wanted to do at the time. And, 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 and it literally actually did come down. I think I tell the story, maybe even in that first book of, so one week I get invited to be a mediator in secret peace talks in the Middle East. And I get a shot to play a mouse in Clifford, the big red dog. And I'm torn. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm really, really torn. And, 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 as it happened, both of them fell through. So it, it, I didn't, in the end, have to make the choice. But what was so interesting is I had gotten clear that at least for me, and I see this with others, so I don't think it's unique to me. And I'm going to use the word and, and you can translate, but you know, my desires are God's desires for me. Like they don't come out in a vacuum. I don't mean all of them. I mean, you know, but, 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 but when it comes to that sort of flow of, oh, wow, it'd be really cool to do this. Oh, gosh, I'd love to spend some time doing this. Oh, this sounds really cool. There's a reason those are my soul talks. Those are, those are the things I'm drawn to. And that actually what I found is every time I follow that, it, 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 it works out so much cooler than when I try and do the right thing that I think surely if I was following a path, it would be taking me here. You know, it's, it's so funny that you bring that up because on a recent call that you and I were on, you'd ask like, what message would you love to give to the world? This, we, mm -hmm. we are so incredibly guided and you, you and I both uh, belong to, you know, believe in what's called the three principles as well. And, you know, use variations of those in our work. And, and people are like, every time people try to get it, they miss it because it's, it's as easy as like, obviously we're human, but we're just guided. And, and I think for some people, it's so hard to believe that they are guided all the time like all the time, if they listen. Well, actually, you're guided whether you listen or not. Yeah. Like, that's the cool bit. 
like, you know, G, and I do love the analogy of a GPS because a GPS doesn't get mad at you for ignoring it. A, G, a GPS doesn't start shouting at you because you didn't do what it said. It just recalculates the route. So we can't really get it wrong, even if we've been ignoring it for years. We can start listening right now. And it, it, it's like stepping onto a magic carpet. That's, that's the, you know, I got that sense from your description of the last three weeks. It's that quick. And I, I love the example of going on a magic carpet. And what's coming to me right in this moment is because you can't control it. <laughs> like I can't, it it's not like, okay, I pull up this tassel, it goes right. I pull up this tassel, yeah. it goes right. <laughs> yeah, it's my vast experience of riding on magic carpets. Yeah, there's no control system. <laughs> <laughs> but it takes you to a world that is more amazing than you could ever begin to imagine. You know, and the funny thing I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking like, you know, when people see, oh my goodness, you know, he's talking to this amazing mentor that coaches the who's who of the world. And they're going to, they're going to say, oh, that's it. Inner guidance. Are you serious? Like, that's the best you got. Yeah. That's the best we got. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, come on. It's not just that you're also innately well and mentally healthy and happy. I mean, there's that too, but, but yeah, that's mostly what I got. <laughs> like that was, you know, when I wrote Creating the Impossible, I thought that was going to be my easiest book to write because I've been teaching the course since 2009 and I was writing the book in 2017, or I think that's when I started it. And it took me two years and I had never missed a book deadline before and I missed two book, book deadlines. And when I, when I kind of sat and went, what is going on? This should be, I, I, why am I struggling? I realized because honestly, the book should be one page long. Show up follow your guidance, see what happens. Short book, but a really good one. Now, I really like the long one too, you know, with the 90-day program and all that. I actually think it came out really well in the end. But, but at its most basic thing, just seeing how well-made we are. Like, we, you know, we talk about, I mean, I know you know, you've, you, you, for you, it, it comes through religion. For me, it, it comes a little more abstract. But we talk about this, this divine intelligence and then question how well we're made. Now, I, I mean, I sometimes, I actually have never talked about it this way, but I think about it this way. So here's an exclusive, a happy and single podcast exclusive, theory A and theory B. So like when, when things aren't going well, when we're struggling, theory A, which is the dominant theory in the culture, is there must be something wrong with us. We're at some level broken, maybe fundamentally, maybe we got broken along the way, but there is something wrong with us. That explains why we struggle. That explains why our life doesn't look the way we want it. That explains why we aren't happy. We're broken. There's something wrong with us. Well, I want to introduce theory B. Theory B is we are perfectly well-made. We are as, as, as perfectly made as the trees and the stars and the planets. And when we struggle, it's because we didn't get a user's manual. We don't understand how we work. So we just keep messing up innocently because nobody told us that we've got guidance. Nobody told us that our happiness was not dependent on our circumstances. Nobody told us that the door pulls instead of pushes. And theory B, in my experience, is, is, is not really a theory, it's truth. We are perfectly well-made. And there's a learning curve that, 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 that might take a little while to start to see how we work. What are our feelings actually telling us? What is thought and how does that work? What, who are we at, a, at a, a spiritual level, not just a personal level? And what's the interplay between the spiritual and the material? Like those, those are things worth learning about. I love what you just said there that there's a learning curve to even begin to understand how this works. I mean, 
you know, for years I thought the good feelings came from God and bad feelings came from the adversary. Um, and I've realized they both come from God. It's just the bad feelings are saying don't <laughs> and the good feelings are saying go forward. And, and the ones in between are saying, could you make it simpler? That's way too complicated. <laughs> no, warmer, colder. No, no, no. I need something more. Co- <laughs> I, I mean, it is. It's it's so simple because we've been trained that it's so hard and we have to do all this work. And, I, you know, and I think if people would just stay in the boat, like one of the things that you said um, was that I, I quote quite, quite often is when you told me that you would be willing to go down with the ship, the ship being in her wisdom, no matter where it went, you would go down with it. And obviously the ship hasn't gone down because it doesn't go down. And it's led you to a pretty amazing life where you have impact and you have a lot of the other desires that you really love to have in your life. And, and that always struck me because the thing that I learned most of my life and the thing that plenty of people learn in their religions is you know, this gift of this gift of the spirit, this gift of the Holy ghost, the inner voice, whatever people want to call it. And just never knowing how powerful that is. I mean, when, when I am told step-by-step step to do what to do and I do it, it almost feels like cheating. It's like, wait a second. I did like no businessy stuff. And this happened, this happened, this happened. <laughs> Well, one of one of the metaphors I've been using a lot lately is rally car driving. Have you have you ever seen a rally car race? Like, what do you soapbox? So, so basically, what do you mean? No, no, no. so rally cars. So there's a driver and a navigator in the car. So it's two people in a car, and it's usually a, a dirt course and usually pretty rough. And and the navigator has um, step by step, like turn five degrees right go straight, turn five degrees left, speed up, slow down, turn 60 degrees right. And, and is literally in real, giving real time instructions to the driver and the best rally car drivers. And, and um, I think Colin McRae was one of the greats. Uh, I used to play the video game version, um, <laughs> you know, but, 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 but they just have to go into a mode where they don't think they just respond to the voice, to the instructions. And if you try to think ahead, it does not make things better. You crash. You're going too fast to think ahead. But if you follow the voice, and that's the beauty of the partnership, because it is very much a partnership. Without the driver, the navigator can talk all at once, but nothing happens. But without the navigator, the driver is hopeless. That relationship to me is, is the relationship I try to have with this inner guidance. Now, I don't have it. <laughs> you know, I'm, I don't crash that often. But, you know, I, I will occasionally go five degrees right. You must be. Ah! But, but, but I know that's where my bread is buttered. And I know that. It doesn't actually matter. So where that analogy breaks down is, yeah, there you crash and burn, right? In life, no, you get another chance and then another chance and then another chance. As long as you're breathing, there's hope. You know, it's interesting. I've moved to that lately just because I went through something really hard and, and I just, I, I had nothing else to do except become basically a little soldier for God. All right. Tell me what to do. The, the, the other stuff I've done hasn't worked out. So let's just, I, I just got to bury myself in whatever, whatever it is you want me to do. Like, and it's interesting because you, I mean, you also brought up the example of, I, I love, I think the rally car example is really cool. You know, it, it is. I mean, it like I, I use an example somewhat similar where I compare God to like he hands us, like he's a, a director and he just keeps handing us tiny cue cards, you know, step left, step right, say this, say that. But what we really want is him to hand us an entire book. We're like, oh, that's how this ends. But, but that's not how it works. Like we're, we're taught step by step. 
Years ago, I, I performed in, uh, you know, I used to be an actor and I performed in um, with a company called the Original Shakespeare Company. And they tried to recreate Shakespearean plays the way they were originally done. And the way it was done, you know, nowadays where actors, you know, you know, uh, you know, they know the play inside out, they, you know, you know, they know the ramifications, the implications, they've studied it. They would, you would just get what were called your sides. You would get your lines and the cues. And the instructions were, um, whoever you were speaking to move towards them. That's how the plays were blocked. There was no stage directions. It was just walk towards whoever you're speaking to. If there's a word that is a weird word, because Shakespeare often had words, you know, he introduced a lot of words, emphasize that word and emphasize the last word of each line. That was all they were given. That's how they could stage those plays quite quickly, is they were just given their lines, their cues, and that basic guidance of how it works. And when you do, we did Hamlet that way. I played Horatio, and it staged itself perfectly. And, and so again, you know, these are all just metaphors for you don't have to have the vision. I mean, it's okay if you do. But you, you just have to be willing to follow directions. Like that, that's, it, it, you know, it's, it's like, it can't be that simple. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> what, so what, why do you think it's so hard for people? I mean, you've done this now for 30 years. Like, why do you think it's so hard for people to just get that we're guided, we're led, and we're basically told what to do if we want, I mean, whether well, we want to listen or not is our choice. I'll, I'll tell you what I what I've been seeing for me. Okay. So I've, you know, the way I've thought about my career is, you know, I work for God. Right? The pay's variable, right? The hours are variable. It's usually pretty interesting and it seems to work out pretty well. But until fairly recently, I thought I was on my own when it came to taking care of myself and my family. So in my work, I've always been able to get out of the way. I don't know why. I, from the very first time I spoke in the, in the late 80s, I was able to get myself out of the way and let this come through. But when I wasn't working, it was all on me. It was down to me to figure out how to get money. It was down to me to figure out how to, how to make things work for my family. It was down to me to work. And, and, and because of that, there was this weird gap between my life when I was teaching and my life when I wasn't. And my solution at the time was to try and teach more. Right? So I tried to teach every day because I knew that as long as I'm doing that, I'm in this connection. What I realized pretty recently is I just hadn't seen that I was being given instructions when I was off stage, not just when I was on. So I thought I was on my own for that. And so I would get caught up like we all do in insecurity and in fear and in trying too hard and in trying to figure everything out and trying to work out and doing my best so that, and I mean, this was kind of frustrating, so that I could have more time to work for God. Right. And, and then I had this experience just in the last two weeks where I was listening to a couple of, of um, principals teachers, um, Dr. Bill Pettit and, and Beverly Wilson Hayes. And they weren't even talking to me. They were in the back seat. I was in the front seat and they were just sharing stories about people that they'd worked with. And they worked with a lot of, you know, Bill Pettit ran a, was the chief psychiatrist at a mental hospital for over 20 years. You know, uh, Beverly has worked, uh, you know, Miss Beverly, as she's called, has worked in the, in, the, in, the, in the communities and inner cities for decades. You know, so a lot of really difficult things. And talking, it's just, they were just swapping stories about people who heard this inner voice and didn't follow it and people who heard this inner voice and did. And I'm just kind of listening in the front, I'm only half paying attention and I suddenly have this flashback. So, you know, no reason anybody on here would know my, my backstory, but 
if you watch the TEDx talk, you know, why aren't we awesomer? I share a lot of it in there. And I was a, a depressed, anxious, suicidal teen. It went from, from the age of 13 to about the age of 19 full on. And, and I continued to be a more uh, functionally depressed, anxious human being for many years after that. And it all stemmed from a, a, a mental breakdown I had when I was 13 years old. And suddenly I'm listening to them and I remember something. I remember that about eight hours maybe before I had this breakdown, I, was, I could tell something was up with me. Like my, my body, it wasn't, I wasn't right. I was out of sorts. And I had this thought that made me laugh, which was, dude, you need to go to the movies and get back to reality. And I just remembered it because it was such a, a, a funny thought, right? Like I got to go to the movies to get back to reality. But I suddenly realized sitting there in the car, listening to them, that was the same voice that I listen to when I teach. And it was talking to me in a language I could understand, my little 13-year-old self understood, but didn't get. And it was saying, now, I, I know, had I gone to a movie, I wouldn't have had the breakdown. It would have just been enough to settle me. Now, I, don't, I also don't give myself a lot of grief about it. I was 13. And I, I had no framework for this. I was not raised in a religious framework. I had no context. So, yeah, fair enough. And it was okay. My life evolved. I've probably helped, you know, certainly thousands of people who might otherwise, and I get letters, you know, who might otherwise have ended their lives because I did go through that. So it was, it, it worked out fine anyways. But I didn't realize that that has been with me my entire life. And I don't even know what the ramifications of my seeing that are. But since then, I've just had memory after memory after memory come in of times where, oh, yeah, I did know. Sometimes it was just a feeling like, a, yeah, or a, yeah. Sometimes it was even clearer, dude. <laughs> you know, it's, but, but suddenly it's like, oh, okay, I can give the rest of my life over now too. Because... If that's been with me since before I even knew what it was, before anyone taught me anything, then I'm good. I'll, I, I, I can give the rest of my life over as well. And that's kind of a really lovely space to be in. I mean, that's that's so cool. I've never I've never heard that part. I mean, because obviously you just had that, but like that is, and that's so beautiful how you're able to look back and how you're also able to see like. It was, you know, it, it all turned out fine because, you know, no matter what happens in our life, you know, God, God for me, mind for you is able to use it. But amazingly, like even before I had my really traumatic experience, I had read a scripture that said, like, it just said a bunch, like a bunch in a row, be patient, be patient, be patient. And I was like, not good enough answer. <laughs> bad, bad idea. But but looking back, it also taught me so much about how to listen to the, this, what we're talking about, the spirit and this inner voice, because I had to. And so no matter what happens in our lives, it can always be used for good. <laughs> the cat just needed to get in there. <laughs> the, the, cat, the cat wanted the cameo in the picture. <laughs> so... What did it well? And one other thing I was going to say is in the artist way, Julia Cameron actually talks about how that was a book you turned me on two years ago, and I I read it a few years after. <laughs> I, I come around after a few years, you know. Oh. But, but she talked about how our, our desires are given to us by God, like the things that we really want to do in our lives. Like you were concerned that you'd have to basically live a life like Sid Banks and be you know, live, live that kind of lifestyle on an island, you know, almost like a hermit sometimes. And, and you're like, I don't want that. And, and, and uh, I can't remember who, who was it that told it was, you. It was, it was Dr. George Pransky. Yeah. Pransky told you like, no, that, why would, you know, why would mind lead you the same life as Sid? 
And, and, you know, for me, I had a similar fear that I was going to be a religious teacher. And ironically, the further I went down that path, the darker my life got. <laughs> it was it was father putting up these massive stop signs saying, Joseph, stop, go back. I, I got I, I got you going this other way. Come on, go back. And, and so it's just amazing that it's okay to have our desires. It's okay to be led and guided. And we're not going to be led the same way as somebody else is because that path is not for us. You know, I used to, when, when that first book came out, because a lot of that book is about following this, the original title of that book was Soul Path, the book, You Can Have What You Want. And because I'd seen with my most successful clients and in my life at my best, it was almost like my own soul was laying down the path one brick at a time in front of me. And, you know, so it, it's something that I've, I've seen my whole life, but as, as I've lived more, I've seen, oh, here too. Oh, here too. Oh, even with this. And, and sometimes I think the problem, one of the problems is we don't, like you say, we don't like the answer, right? It's not that, it's not that, that there's no message is that we, we like, no, 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 no. You can't mean just carry on. No, I got to do something different. You know, or, or what, what do you mean, you, you know, like, like it's funny. If you're driving down the highway, the GPS might not talk to you for 200 miles. It doesn't mean it's not on. It just means there's nothing for you to do other than carry on. Right? So it's not like I'm constantly chatting in my head with a voice. Um, maybe some people do. I don't know. For me, often it is just a little feeling of, yeah, no, or yeah, yeah. You know, it's just a, very gentle. And then sometimes it's more dramatic. And I, I suspect it's usually more dramatic when I haven't been listening to the gentle nudges along the way. It's like the GPS that says, turn around, make a U-turn every, every mile. Right. But at a certain point, if you keep not doing it, it oh. will just calculate a completely new route that will take you in a completely, maybe way longer, but it's still your path. It's just a different version of it. And I like what you said about, you know, your soul laying down the next brick for you. I don't, I know you don't have younger kids anymore, but I've got nieces and nephews and they watch Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. And on there, there's a, there's a train and a track layer. And what it does is every step it goes forward, it lays the next track in front of it. Like just the next track and the next track and the next track. And I think it's a beautiful example. Here's the difference between how I, I've lived my life at my worst to how I've lived my life at my best. At my worst, I've been the run one running in front of the train, laying the track. And, 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 and then like, if I get far enough out ahead of the train, I can take a break, but then I hear the whistle coming, blowing. And I'm like, okay, I got to get back to work. And, and it is exhausting. And yet that's the experience most of us have. And that's why most of us are, 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 you know, we struggle, we get exhausted. We, you know, we do our best and then we do things to cope with that, that often ultimately work against us, even though in the moment they're helpful. Yeah, like, well, in, in that example, like, you know, the, the track layer is actually the train itself. It just, every step it goes, it, you know, just lays a mountain. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's, I, I'm with you. Like, the more, you know, I'd, I had an experience recently where I was basically told, it's like, Joseph, you think you want to do, you think I want you to do everything else except what I actually want you to do because we have no idea how it's going to turn out. And like, that was, that was one of those big things for me of like, Oh, okay. Maybe I should just start. <laughs> like maybe, maybe, maybe it's okay. And yeah. just it's kind of radical, but maybe I'll actually try it. <laughs> well, and I'm curious just with this guidance. So I mean, it's this, it's this, since this is called happy and single, like when you know, you have a wonderful, amazing relationship with your wife, Nina. And I was curious, did you, did you feel looking back, did you feel let this led in this guidance leading you to her? Or do you feel it just kind of happened? Both. Hmm. Like in real time, 
it, it was one step at a time. Like I just, you know, she was, uh, when I first met her, she was actually engaged to somebody else. Um, and I, it was him that I was kind of wanting to be friends with because he was a professional actor and I was a young acting student and I moved in downstairs. And, um, but then I, I would hang out with them and I enjoyed them and there was never anything because I would never have gone down that route. And, uh, and then he, they didn't work out and he, he, he left and, and, you know, I would still sometimes go for a cup of tea, you know, or, a, uh, you know, or if it was in the evening occasion, we'd have a gin and tonic and just chat. And, you know, she was just a friend. And then one day I, she, she was finishing her senior year at university and was going to go to this end of year dance. And I just kind of knew if I didn't, say something she would meet somebody and uh i really really embarrassed her um i brought i brought her a bunch of flowers and this poem from lord byron because i was doing the play bloody poetry about byron and shelley the poets and and uh and the stanza you know because we had almost a brother sister relationship and Byron sort of famously was in love with his half sister. And so he wrote a poem called stanzas to my sister. And, and, and I gave her that poem with these flowers, this love poem. And, you know, she did tell me later, she was mortified, but she didn't meet anybody at the dance. And we, we got together about two weeks later and have been together every pretty much, well, we have every day since, you know, not always in the same same place. So in that sense, I didn't know though it was for life. I knew I wanted to be with her. And so the, the, the cue for the marriage was my visa was running out. And, and we talked about it and it was like, well, are we going to pull off a relationship with you in, 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 in London and me in America? And that just seemed unlikely. We didn't have money. We weren't going to, you know, be able to travel and see each other. And long distance phone calls still cost money back then. So, so it was like I all I knew was I I I didn't I wanted to be with her. I didn't know I wanted to be with her forever. I knew I wanted to be with her. And and so we decided to do it. And and it was funny because I got this. Um, I, I phoned my parents to tell them, and they did not react well. Like, cause they hadn't, they'd only met her once. And that was a couple years earlier. Like, and they, and, and, and I was horrified cause I really valued their opinion and I wanted their approval and all that. And this is, this is give you an idea of how long ago this was 1989. Um, by the time I got home, cause I'd phoned from a phone booth. Uh, by the time I got back to the apartment, they'd sent a telegram. I've never gotten a telegram in my life before or since. And it just said, sorry about the call. Stop. Very happy for you. Stop. Sending money for you to come home so we can meet Mina properly. Stop. Something like that. And I then realized my parents got married the day my mom's visa had expired from Belgium. And they were married, beautifully happily married for 36 years until my dad died. And it was like, oh, wait, <laughs> like, so now I look back on it and I think, oh my gosh, this whole thing was a, a plan. Like, like this was all so obviously like how on earth the connections and the, but, but at the time in real time, no, in real time, I was just one step at a time, one day at a time. And then at a certain point I realized Oh no, no, I'm in this for forever. But I didn't, I, I didn't know that. I just knew I'm in it now. And I'm thrilled to be in it now. That's beautiful, man. I love, I love hearing people's stories about how they met and like connected and, yeah. and especially relating to this, to this guidance, like, you know, we just take the next step and the next step and the next step and the next step instead of trying to figure it all out at once. Yeah. Well, I want to ask you, I know there's a lot of single people out there that, you know, like, what would you say to the ones that are really struggling, really frustrated, and just feel like, I mean, even there's a lot of people even losing hope, not only that they'll ever be married, but that just that they can even have a happy life as a single person. I mean, you'd be surprised how many times people see this shirt and be like, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I, 
I think what comes to mind is if you can't enjoy your life single, you're not going to enjoy it married. It, 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 it's, it's, it's kind of a, there is a relaxing into reality that anybody who's happily married will tell you is part of marriage, but it's also part of being single and happy. Like it, 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 it's, Hey, in any moment I can enjoy it or not. Right. Um, there, there's a recording. I think it's probably available online from Dr. Pransky um, called some fun, no fun, all fun. And, he, you know, he's a psychologist and he just talks about how people have these three attitudes towards life. And the some fun people go, well, I'll have fun if I'm in a relationship or if I'm married or and if my finances are OK and if my work is OK, I will enjoy it myself. But if not, under these conditions, I won't. Then no fun. And we all know some no fun people. We might sometimes even be them. It's like, I don't care what's going on. I'm going to be miserable. Like, yeah, 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 I know everything's beautiful in my life, but still, right? And then all fun is just like, hey, whatever's going on, I'm going to do my best to enjoy it. And this might sound radical, but all fun people have more fun, <laughs> right? And all fun doesn't start when you get married. And it doesn't stop if you get divorced. It's... It's, it's, you know, so you could put anything after the N in your shirt. So you're happy and apostrophe single, happy and married, happy and divorced, happy and whatever. Like it's just happy. And then you get to play with the rest. And it's a completely different experience. You, you know, there, there's a, um, I think it's Steve Chandler. I first heard the phrase needy is creepy. <laughs> now he was talking in business. But it's even more true in relationships, right? Like, like we've, all, we've all been there with somebody who's like, just love me. And, and you, you know, anybody just instinctively wants to run a mile. And, and, and it's, it's, you know, if you can see, oh, I don't need this to be happy. I don't need this to be okay. And maybe I really do want it. So cool. So I can be about creating it but not from a place of lack, not to fill a hole. And it's so much easier from there. It's so much nicer from there. And then you get to be surprised and delighted by what happens along the way. Well, you know, in coming full circle, like the happiest times that I've had in my life are just when I'm allowing myself to be guided and doing it. Like just, Me too. You know, we, I mean, there's... I was reading something last night, a friend sent me that just talked about how God has an individual path for each of us. And like the quicker we get on that path, the further down that path we get in life, but it's not a path that it's like, Oh no, I've got to be a, you know, a hermit on an Island. It's, it's a path. that's like, Oh my goodness. Really? I mean, you, you use a, a beautiful example in one of your books of the room in heaven that, you know, people, that people find out that there's this room in heaven and they go in there and it's like every amazing thing you could ever begin to imagine that you would love to have in your life only to find out that that was the life you were meant to have while you were on the earth. And that, that always really hit me because every, every tiny cue card that we're handed is just trying to get us further down that path for our happiness. And we're like, no, no, don't do that to me. I mean, even when I started the podcast, it was like, that's not happening. And six months later, it's finally like, Joseph, start. Okay. <laughs> but, but even then I got tricked into doing it. You know, it was, and it was one of the best tricks ever because it's been such a wonderful experience. And so it's more green eggs and hams. And then it is like, oh, I hated this at first. And then I loved it. It's more, I thought I would hate this and then I loved it. Yeah. And, and I think that's how it is with each of our paths. It's like, well, you're, you're actually going to like this. I'm not giving you vegetables. I'm not giving you, you know, lima beans or insert whatever ho like horrible uh, vegetable in here. I don't know if lima beans are good. This but. program would like to point out that lima beans are fine. <laughs> No, 
Now, Brussels sprouts, on the other hand. (laughs) (laughs) But but it's that it's understanding that, you know, God has his our best interest at heart. Like, that's all he wants is our happiness. Like, there's a cool scripture that says men are that they might have joy. And most people miss that. It's like, no, 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 no. I, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do well, this. Yeah. Or, or they don't miss it, but they add in a bit that's not in there about as long as this happens and this happens and I don't do this and I do do this and this happens and this, you know, it's like, no, we are made for this. You know, to me, I often, you know, I, 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 I talk about, and I don't know that it's true, but it is my experience that there is a kindness to the design that, that, that life is set up in a way where if we follow those simple desires, that simple knowing, that simple path, things work out better than we can imagine. So it's, it's like, not only do I get to take the path of what actually is the path of least resistance, because I'm just following directions, but that leads to the best rewards. I think I, I, the very first time I ever wrote it was in a program called Success Made Fun. We, we, we don't do anymore. This was, this was almost 20 years ago. And, and the, the, the course was built around the, 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 you know, the, the quickest way to future rewards is following present joy. And what, a, what an amazing design. How cool is that? I gotta let the dog out or something bad's gonna happen. So. You're good. <laughs> this is actually a frequent occurrence on his calls. <laughs> it's cats and dogs living together under the same roof. <laughs> well, I wanna I wanna give you a chance, just you know, if you have like take a minute and say anything else that you'd like to, and then I'll let you share how people can connect with you. You know, I just, it was funny. I, I, you, you know that I'm a, I'm a big believer in, in getting clear on what you're up to. And, um, and, and Lynn, who works with me and I were talking the other day and, and we kind of, we check in from time to time, you know, okay, well, what are we up to? And I said, you know, right now I, I, I'm just sharing my version of the good news. Like, we're okay. We're made for this. We have, you know, we're, we're looked after, we're guided moment by moment, not just day by day. And, and, and our, our well-being, our happiness, it's, it, we were born with it. We don't have to earn it. We can't lose it. We can lose sight of it, but we can't lose it. And to me, like that's just the best news in the world, you know. And look, you can put a link up to my website. I don't need to do anything else. <laughs> well, Michael, like, thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, first of all, I mean, you've done so much for me personally, and like, thank you so much for I mean everything you've done for me. Like, you have totally changed my life. And guys, I, I know a lot of this stuff sounds so simple, but this is truly the stuff that is made all the difference in my life. And I mean, I couldn't even begin to, to thank you more. So go ahead and I'll, I'll let you sign off and share with people how you, how they can connect with you. And, and then I'll post some stuff in the description and stuff as well. No, I, so I would look, if you're intrigued, like if, if you listen to this and gone, okay, I, you know, I'd like to see more. I think, you know, for most people on, on my website at michaelneal.org, we've, we've got something for free called the basic course. And, and it's got lots of short videos and audios and little bits of writing. And that's, that's a really nice way to kind of go, okay, let me check out what this is. So it's at michaelneal.org. I think it's forward slash basic course, but you can find it on the front page. And then the other thing that a lot of people find helpful is the, the TEDx talk, why aren't we awesomer? And you can just Google that. And, uh, and it'll come up or you can find it on my YouTube channel. And that, that's sort of a, it's sort of like an introduction to, to how cool our brains are and what we've got going for us beyond even our brains. So that, that would be where I would start if you want to go further with this. 
Sweet. Well, guys, I, I highly recommend his podcast. It's called Caffeine for the Soul. I, I joke around how I rarely listen to podcasts, but I do listen to his. And we hit we hit two million downloads today. Dude, no way! Today, 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 this morning. Yeah, I didn't even know. Lynn texted me with a photograph, and I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> Oh my goodness, that's amazing, Michael. Yeah, I know. I, 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 I was like, I, I, I really was. I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> well, th- thank you so much for being here, man. I, this is this has just been a, a special treat for me having you on. I, I so appreciate you taking the time and and guys, I, I hope you're willing to listen to what he has to say because this is this is the truth. And yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> thank, thank you, Michael. Jess. Pleasure. Now, if you've made it to this point in the podcast, I'd like to invite you to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. I don't know how you got here, but that way, if you ever want to get back here again, it's right there for you in your subscriptions. And if you haven't already joined us, one of the really cool things that I do that's free for anyone that would like to participate is each Monday morning at 10 a.m. Arizona time. I host a group coaching call for Happy and Single. Anyone is welcome to come on, and you can even receive a little bit of one-on-one coaching time with me, depending on how many people are in the call. Now, every now and then, that schedule changes, so you can go to the website happynsingle.com to be able to look at the schedule and also to be able to find the link to the Zoom room. Now, at the same time, if you would prefer a more one-on-one type of coaching experience where you can sit down and share your hopes and dreams and, and just kind of the stuff going on in your world, then there's another option available for you as well. Now, the bulk of my business is actually doing one-on-one coaching. If that's something you're interested in exploring, I've got a few spots open in my coaching practice. You can just message me on Instagram at the It's Possible Guy, and we can sit down and have a chat. And it doesn't matter where you're at in the world. I've worked with people across the world. I do everything over Zoom, so it actually makes it pretty easy. Thank you guys so much again for listening. And go out and live your adventure. Thank you.